Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Week in Gaming podcast. And what do you know? It's been a big week in gaming. I'm Intergot for this special episode 49.5 Game of Some Other Year 2011 Determination episode for Wednesday, the 23rd of June 2021. As always, I'm joined by the official P3 nominated and approved Xbox Hall of Famer and number one challenger to the mantle of the greatest Xbox RPG player in the world, Swinney. Hello, big wiggers. <laughs> and the game-loving, grind-hating, pretend-to-quit-coffee-drinking, but continue-to-quit-drink-coffee, uh, gamer-anti-gamer, and slightly, ever so slightly, interrupt, less interrupter-in-chief. Shut up, Mike. I'm not addicted. Hello, <laughs> wonderful people of the internet. We should say as a note that we are recording this before E3, pre-3, uh, so we don't know any of the news about E3. Uh, but we thought we'd uh, record this now, get it in, and then release it after E3, after some of the bigger news is out. Because this has been a long journey, Swinney. It has. It's been something that we, I think we came up with the idea for Game of Some Other Year probably in the second week or something like that of us doing the show. And mm. I think we both agreed that at the time Mike wasn't part of the show. And I wasn't we, even born back then. <laughs> and we both knew that... We couldn't do a game of the year, a traditional game of the year for uh, 2020 because we wouldn't be playing any of the big games of the year. And that came <laughs> true when it came time for a, a big, what was it, the big year in awards? Yeah, big year in awards. Um, all the top games that we'd nominated, we hadn't played, but Mike had. <laughs> so when Mike joined, it kind of covered that. It's the only reason we, we let Mike join. Now they're trying to figure out a way to kick me out. The he's big like, award oh. thing ended up just being Mike saying, running through all the games that he's played and going, oh, I think this one's the best and this one's got some flaws. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Um, and then I think like also the Genesis was just like, hey, you need some distance from the year to really make a proper determination. And I, I still think that's true. I think you probably need to wait five years for like the culture to settle in with whatever the property was to go really did it have an impact or was it just kind of like yeah it was a great game but you know like is it really a cultural touchstone so well that that's if you're assessing it based on impact which well is, i think that's uh, an important thing and you know what we haven't even determined how we're gonna assess <laughs> after a <laughs> <Exactly>. year <laughs> we've well, done this for like 50 it. episodes i've made i've made it clear uh, many times but let's not get into that right now yeah um but yeah the uh We'll have time to cover that when we've, uh, you know, when we're well into this episode. But it's been it's been really fun. You know, the initial when we actually chose what year it was was pretty cool because mm. we both landed. Uh, it was just Intercot myself at the time. Uh, we both landed on 2011 as and, the and number we, one. Good choice. Just on that, like that, we could have chosen any year in the history of video games, and we we totally independently came up with the exact same year. It's. When you look at it, there's a couple of big standout years, but yeah. I think with 2011, it just kind of made sense. And also, I know that you had some gaps of things that you wanted to fill in mm. in your, your history as well, and it gave you a chance to fill those in. So Yeah, practically hadn't played any of the 2011 games. So for me, it was like insane, you know, we'll go through them, but like the Dark Souls, Skyrim, you know, like it's kind of insane. That you know, I hadn't. You were in a hiatus, it. weren't you, back then in 2011? Yeah, experiencing the real world instead. And as we covered, in how the was Dark the real world in 2011? See, Swinney and I wouldn't know because we we're gaming at the time. Well, I should do. I should day. do like a TV <laughs> podcast or something like that because I was like watching mostly TV series and all that kind of stuff back then. 
So, so you've had you've had a very busy year catching up while mm. Swinney here. Uh, I've just cruised. You've just played, played cruised, yeah. I beat them yeah. all to like a hundred percent completion, pretty much. Cruised through Minecraft? fifty RPGs that I, I did the unit, I did the equivalent of what twenty eleven Minecraft would have been to, to completion. Yeah. Oh, the Ender Dragon. Oh no! So it would have been an update before that, but yeah, pretty close, <laughs> pretty close, pretty close. Pretty close. So, you know, it, this is a really good discussion because it highlights the fact that we have almost taken three different approaches. Not quite, but Intergod had no prior experience. So mm. he's experiencing these games for the first time and what it's like to play these classics in 2021. Swinney did not play some of the games, if I recall correctly, again. He played them originally, didn't play them again, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Swinney. With the exception of Dark Souls, because I would always play Dark well, Souls. Well, you play that two or three times a year. Uh, and then myself, I actually went to play them mostly again this year um so it's interesting it's three completely different perspectives one completely fresh all the way to oh my god what am i supposed to talk about what it was like back then or am i supposed (laughs) to talk about what it's like now so it's quite fascinating i think the broad spectrum of of thinking we have on this one so one other thing that we had so like in this we'll We'll cover each of the six games. We haven't even said the six games yet for anyone who's listening or watching. Um, what the well, six if they've been paying attention are. to our previous episodes like they should have, they would know. <laughs> Hundreds of episodes we've had on this. So, yeah, we'll, we'll cover the six games. So we'll go into each one and just kind of, you know, why do we think, you know, so we'll rotate and go, you know, why do we think that this should be a, you know, a nominee for Game of Summer of the Year 2011. But we also had a, a, uh, a short list, didn't we, Swinney? We did. So as part of the selection process, we chose an initial, after choosing the year, 2011, we then shortlisted 20 games out of the list, pretty much the entire list of the year Mm. and said, okay, let's go away, have a bit of a think if we want to play some of the games at least a little bit, just to kind of then say out of these 20 shortlist games... We're then choosing six to kind of mirror, I think, uh, what was it, the Game Awards? I think they generally had six nominees. Um, So with the games that just missed the cut, so the short list, we had Batman Arkham City, Battlefield 3, Dead Island, Dragon Age 2, Forza Motorsport 4, The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, Mario Kart 7, uh, Portal 2, Saints Row the Third. Shadows of the Damned, Star Wars The Old Republic, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, and Uncharted 3 Drake's Deception. Now, I may have missed one there because I left Minecraft in, which you I You did. You missed over. the fact that Dead Island was the winner. <laughs> did you say Witcher 2? So that must have been the one I was missing. Yeah, Thanks. maybe Witcher 2. Thanks and for that. Thanks. So many excellent games on that list. Well, it was really tricky to narrow it down to six. Like, I mean, that list itself, like all the games are excellent. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like some of the games, like Portal 2, Witcher 2, they're almost, I mean, you guys have to think about this off the top of your head, but they're almost like a lock for any other year in the top six. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, I really would struggle because we did a huge exercise, uh, Swinney and I, independently of going through every single year in video games. It's like, what are the absolute bangers? And, you know, like 2011 was ridiculous. But, you know, most years, once you get to like four, five, six... It's, it's you know, still 9 out of 10 games normally, but not quite like 
a Portal 2 or a Witcher 2 type of game. So, um, oh, To me, they're 10 out of 10 games. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, as said those big hitters, like if you look at a lot of other outlets' uh, lists from 2011, Batman Arkham City is up there for a lot of them. You know, there's a lot of games that are going to be, for a lot of people, it's like that's a travesty you didn't have that. But it's just, it's when you look at the list, we can't stress how tough it was to actually nail it down to the six nominees. And the feature that we did, we actually, it was a bit of a battle, especially when it came down to, okay, L.A. Noir or Witcher 2. And we were just going back and forth. Mike was countering his own arguments. <laughs> I wanted to play them both again. So I'm like, how do I get both of them in? Um, and I couldn't. Unfortunately, there's going to be some casualties and one of those was Portal 2. And I think we did a bit of a, hey, it's not game some other year nominee, but we did a special feature just to appease him together. <laughs> I yeah. was so adamant Portal 2 was going to be in there. I just played Portal 2. Like, because I preemptively was like, I'm just going to play it because it's going to be in there, like, obviously. And I still think that's the biggest blight. But, you know, that's just a personal view, right? I think you guys probably... The Witcher 2 say is Witcher the 2. biggest blight. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. That's, that's what I'm saying. That, but the problem is I don't know what else I would take out. That's the thing. It, well, I, correct. I couldn't. I couldn't take anything else out. Because we should have made it top seven. You also got to look at the list as like a cohesive whole for me personally. And I feel like a Witcher 2 doesn't give you as much as a Minecraft L.A. Noir or a Super Mario 3D Land does. And then it's like you're not getting rid of like a Deus Ex, a Skyrim or a Dark Souls for Witcher 2 in my view. So it's, you know, yeah. the composition, it's almost like a basketball team with, you know, one person on the bench. It's like... How do you structure that so it actually makes sense as a I, of course, yeah. Whole? And look, it was it was it was us three. It wasn't. I mean, personally, I, I enjoyed The Witcher two way more than than Mario. But again, it's three people trying to give it justice. And I think we had a pretty good distribution across multiple platforms mm. as well. I'm not. In, I don't think it was intentional. I think it was just it worked out well that. I think you got raised this before. It was a very strong year for RPGs um, mm. and action RPGs. With you know, three of it of our nominees are, and Witcher Two was very close to being a fourth. It was a very strong year for that, um, mm. and obviously, there's a lot of bias. Like Mike loves RPGs, I'm obsessed with RPGs, mm. but I RPGs. I really think it was just I think the games we landed on those six are the right six for what we needed. Yeah, you know, like one thing I was going to say and. I have to couch this because I love the Batman Arkham series. I've played all of those games and just love those games so much. And I did actually fight uh, to get Batman on the top six. But I think Batman is a good example of a game that when it was released versus how it sits in the cultural zeitgeist now has changed. Like, I don't, like, you can't argue that Batman, the Arkham series, has the same sort of cachet as like a Dark Souls or Skyrim or even in a way like Ali Noir, to be honest. Like the way that people talk about those games is a bit different to like Batman because it's sort is of it- almost more like, you know, that is a very common style game now to a degree. It was just so well executed though. Extremely well executed. It, they didn't become cult classics, I think. Well, they're not. And I mean, cult, LA, they're not well, cult LA Noir, I would say, is a cult classic. Dark Souls is it, per se, because it's sort of had <coughs> multiple iterations and stuff. But it, yeah, you're right. The way the way they stick in people's minds is a bit different, mm. and um, and I I don't know if that's also because of I mean Dark Souls is an interesting case, and we'll talk about it in more detail. Um, unlike 
unlike something like L.A. Noir, L.A. Noir was it. There were no sequels. There was nothing. It was a standalone, unique game. You got to experience it and that's it. There was mm. nothing else you could do about it. Whereas with Dark Souls, there were multiple iterations. And I think Batman sort of was the same. There were multiple Batman games that came out after that in the same sort of um, genre and IP. So I don't know. It's They're very unique games, some of these. Mm. And do you, want, do you want us to roll into going through the six games? Let's do it. All right. Okay. All right. Well, over to you, Mike. Uh, you'll cover the first two games. These are all in alphabetical order. So we're not trying to... Uh, Put the finger on the <laughs> on the balance of uh, justice no, no, no. or anything like that. So, Dark Souls, Mike. Why yeah. should Dark Souls be on this list of the top six games for uh, 2011? Oh boy! So, as, as Swinney actually put it as well, um, it's really hard to do this game justice and explain why it's such a good game without actually experiencing it. But I will give it a try. So. I think Demon Souls, which was its spiritual spiritual successor, um, successor precess, the game that came before it, um, really defined the Souls series. I think, but it's Dark Souls that ultimately sealed the deal, and it's Dark Souls that I think is really the one that that evolved the genre and made it a genre in and of itself, which is the Soul series. Um, I think one thing that everyone knows about. Um, is the fact that it created satisfaction through adversity. You know, the game was notoriously difficult when it came out at the time. I think a lot of people picked it up, played it, and and then just gave up because it was too hard. But that's the thing. That's what made it so satisfying. There weren't that many games at the time. In fact, I can't think of any other games, like big big games I'm talking about, big budget games that were really bloody hard to get through. Um, And this was one of them. And... It was a game where, you know, you learn to get better at playing the game by adapting to the game, adapting to the enemies, learning everything, evolving, changing your strategies. Um, And that's what I think ultimately made the game extremely satisfying. Um, And the combat in that game, you know, to this day, it's just bloody excellent. Um, I played it again recently and, you know, Swinney will will hopefully talk about it a little bit uh, after the segment as well. it, it's it's just so well made, so different. Um, the 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 variation in um, in weaponry and every sort of hit has a weight to it and a purpose to it, which I think is is pretty. I don't know. At the time, I felt it was quite unique um, compared to say I don't know Skyrim, which was another big RPG that came out at the time. Um, the the other thing that I think and we talked about this as well when we spoke about it um, a few weeks ago, is just the lore and the world building. It was amazing. Um, Really esoteric in the way, and and cryptic in the way that it it handled the lore and the way it presented it to you, Um, with no hand-holding, no proper in-your-face descriptions. You kind of had to figure stuff out for yourself and interpret things for yourself. Um, and again, I know that, you know, Demon Souls came out before that, but Dark Souls was just such a unique experience in the way, the, the way it was presented and, and the way the lore, um, w- was brought about. Uh, one other thing is I think the level design was absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, we spoke about the way you were surprised into God when you'd snake your way around and you'll go through the level and you'll go down an elevator and all of a sudden, what the heck, I'm back to the starting area. Um, I think the way they interconnected that that world was just pure genius. It was such a memorable world, um, the, the way it was put together. Um, and, 
you know, in terms of the world, I think what what made the game amazing is that everything had a purpose. Every location was there for a reason. Every enemy was placed in a particular spot. Um, and and you wanted to explore every single nook and cranny because there was always potentially something good waiting for you. A unique ring. It wasn't like those games where it was just a copy of another item. Everything had a uniqueness to it, which I think was was unique <laughs> at the time compared to other RPGs. Um, and the last thing I'll talk about is just how cool the online experience was. It 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 wasn't you know it was it had multiplayer. Um, it had it had PvP. It had assisted, um, and it had those really really weird messaging systems that to this day I just like. Few games have really implemented something like that, where you get help from other people, but it's so so little in terms of the options that you get. You don't get to leave a full message. You just get to leave a tiny little string of characters, basically, to help someone else out in the world or to screw them up, which is quite hilarious as well. So I think all those things together just made this game such a unique experience and something that created literally an entire genre of, of games that came after it. So, yeah, that's that's Dark Souls. I, I, I had one thing, because when you were talking about cult classic, it triggered a thought in my mind, which was that these games, like in Dark Souls, Dark Souls should be a cult classic. Like, it released in an era where games were probably the easiest they, they ever were, like mm. mainstream AAA games. Because I think they have become a bit more difficult or at least giving you difficulty options. <coughs> so released in the era where it's like easiest games, it's so cryptic. Like I played it half blind, half, you know, not blind in, you know, 2020, 2021, right? When this game came out, like it is so fucking cryptic. I don't know how people did anything in this game. They would be like, what the fuck is this game, right? That's what made it so amazing, no, though. No, you didn't like, know what to do. You're like, oh, where do I go? What do I do? It should be a cult classic. It really should be a cult classic. But it hits such a high that it breaks through that cult classic thing of being so cryptic and so weird and so out there that its greatness actually exalts it through that barrier of being a cult classic and then hit mainstream to a point where, like you're mm. saying... You know, with the launch of the PS5, they've gone back to Demon Souls and remade that game. You know, like it really, like not even touched any of it, just kept the whole structure, even some stuff that, you know, I wish they did change in it. So how about you, Swinney? What did you yeah, want to Swinney. add to it? You're the oh, biggest look, fan. Yeah, I mean, we, for anyone that doesn't know, we've we spent, we, we spent like 40, 50 minutes talking about each of these uh, top nominees as well on previous episodes, which we'll link a description. So a lot of my thoughts are really gonna probably be best to you know listen to there but just in general just honestly this game is just something absolutely truly special it's um it's not a game for everyone but if if it clicks with you then it's just i even now if i go back to play the game there's just still still this sense of mystery and wonder when i'm playing through and exploring lord run that's just it, it's just, I don't know, it's hard to explain. It is really hard to explain. And I, as much as I love Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls 3, um, nothing can match the experience I had in Dark Souls 1. The last thing that I'll say is, no joke, like an hour ago, I was going to fire this game up because I just <laughs> resubscribed to PlayStation Plus. 
So I didn't get to experience the online yet. So I was like, fuck, I'm going to get raided to shut Swinney up and try to gatekeep me about this game. <laughs> but it is a game that just draws you back in all the time. Oh, it does. <laughs> Careful starting right. it up. Uh, do you want to cover the next game, Mike? Yeah, cool. So the next game that we have on our list is Deus Ex Human Revolution. So again, another huge, huge game. Um, so... To, to me, it wasn't just the pretty graphics that that made this game stand out. Um, I think it was it was the deliberate aesthetics that it had. So the gold and black feel to it is still memorable to this day. Um, and I know that the la- the the update to the game actually reduced some of that filtering. Um, but I remembered it as the game that was gold and black and and that unique aesthetic that that I remember to this day. Um, and it was actually. One thing that I think was really, really good at the time, it was it was a prequel sequel, because if I'm not mistaken, Swinney, it was set some like 25 years before um, the original game. Well, it's actually definitely set, definitely set before. I don't know. It's set exactly before, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it was 25 years, um, but it didn't suck. It was an awesome sequel that I was actually a really excellent game. Um, and of course, the original Deus Ex back in the day was an absolute classic. One, one of the greatest games ever made, in my opinion. Um, and this this thing, you know, didn't fall behind. It was it was a really fantastic game in its own right. Um, at the time, I think it was also one of the few sci-fi RPGs on the market. So, you know, if you were itching to play some sort of cyberpunk-esque game, you didn't really have a huge amount of choices. And it was the AAA title to play in, in the cyberpunk genre. And I remember I was massive into sci-fi around that time, um, you know, having played the Mass Effect series, which came out a bit earlier than that. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 wasn't announced back then, so if you wanted your sci-fi injection of of like the cyberpunk genre, this is the game you had to play. Um, in in terms of you know the level design and world building, I think that's something that that also you know stands out to me. Ten years later, I still find it still one of the coolest um, sort of hub worlds that you wanted to explore and you wanted to check out what happens in every single corridor and. Uh, you know what what's written on one of the terminals and the world building um, that was created and I remember reading an article about this um, a little while ago just the sheer number of objects that had to be created including creating branding for it to to make this really believable world was was insane and they achieved it they created this amazing world that you really felt it was the future and you were in this dystopian um, type of sci-fi world um, I think story-wise to me, I just remember it had a huge impact at the time. Um, so what I mean by stories, I mean, I, I'm sort of thinking twofold. I'm thinking one, the story itself and the, the twists and the plot really, really well made. Um, I won't spoil anything obviously, but let's just say there's a few parts where you go, whoa, okay. I didn't see that one coming. That's pretty cool. Um, and the second thing that I really remember is just the, the philosophy behind it and the questions it asked, um, you know, about what it is to be human. Um, what about our rights, our freedoms, our individuality? It explored so many topics at the time that I think in 2021 are extremely important. They've, they've become, you know, at, at the forefront of a lot of people's thinking. Um, and I think it's something that, you know, isn't necessarily, we're not dealing with robotics here yet. But it's still highly relevant, the themes that this game explores. Um, and the last thing I'd probably say, uh, there's, I mean, there's a lot of other cool things about this game. But to me, one of the, the things that really defined it is to this day, it probably still has 
easily probably in, in my top three game soundtracks of all time in terms of how memorable it is for me. Um, just fantastic music in this game. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's 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 done a lot of things extremely well. Um, what do you guys think about it quickly? Swinney? Well, yeah, this, this game, I, as Deus Ex is probably my equal top game of all time next Ocarina of Time, uh, when we talked about it last time, I said this as well, but basically this game had so many challenges to overcome. Not only was it the sequel to a beloved game, but it was also coming on the heels of, a, a, um, you know, a second game that was not beloved, Invisible War. And a lot of people, you know, it was a, it was also a new team working on it. It wasn't, um, it wasn't Iron Storm that, you know, had made the first game. So when they started showing early footage of it as well, started showing a lot of the, you know, the canned animations when you're doing the melee and takedowns and the th- swap into third person. And there was a lot of backlash at the time. There was a lot of people that were super skeptical mm. and, they honestly, while you know, not everyone's going to love this game. They pretty much silenced all the critics with all that stuff, and it's just—it's a real testament to um, Idos Montreal that Montreal that they nailed it basically. So. Yeah, I mean, for me, like the game, it, it, it was a slow warming up for me, but once I got into it, like I was really into this game, and I just really kind of burnt through it very quickly and loved it so much. Um, and I've never played the original Deus Ex. I, I do want to go back and play it. I, I know I don't want to be one of those people that say this, but I kind of wish there was like a remake or massive remaster of that game because I'd be really, like definitely given playing this game, I 100% mm. want to play like a remaster or something like that. But now this game was just awesome. And, you know, I, I, yeah, like, I mean, we'll talk about the determination, but this is like a straight up 10 out of 10 for me. Like, I, I really love this game. Wow. That's amazing that you, having having just played it now, you know, after like, what, 10 years, that it's mm. still such an amazing game. Oh, and I think awesome. one thing that I forgot to mention, which is really obvious now that I think about it, is the choice it gave you. It was, it, it truly, the level design allows you to to tackle things, either by stealth, combat, talk your way into it, um, the true hallmarks of a proper RPG, and I think they they nailed that in that game. Yeah. All right, Swinny, do you want to talk about the next game? Yes, and what a game it is. <laughs> so, Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. There's a reason why this game was essentially kind of like the official game of the year for 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, it basically topped at least 229 separate Game of the Year outlet lists across the industry, and for good reason. For me, that reason is this game is epic. Like, when I, you know, if anyone was to ask me what is the most epic video game of all time, for me, there's just very little competition. Like, it's just got to be Skyrim. Just, it makes you feel like an adventurer. You know, you're carving your name as a legend in this just really fully realised world, a world full of cults and kings, full of ruins and riches, a world that's... Yeah, a world that at any time you can be witness to a majestic battle in the sky between dragons and sure, one of those dragons might get stuck in a tree and they crush your game, but that's even more epic. You know, some of the bugs in Skyrim were even epic. Um, But... 
every other game that came out in 2011 had the unfortunate fate of being released the same year as this one. Um, it also doesn't hurt that the game hit in November 2011, which meant that it was essentially the freshest huge game in everyone's minds when it came to tally up the votes for those Game of the Year lists. But the game is worth the praise. Um, it's a little slow to get going for some, including myself. I did bounce off initially, even though I bought the game at launch. But I think once it sinks your teeth in, once it sinks its teeth in and you get a few quests under your, your belt, you, you reach some of the factions and start seeing the, the, the way that the storylines start playing out there, it's you just don't want to stop playing it. Um, you know, those, those faction guild quests are just just absolutely amazing the main campaign and dlc content was also pretty damn great as well it's just an absolute blast to play it's it's a bit of a looker as well um you know if you look at it these days there's definitely a lot of rough edges but at the time it had a really it's got a really great cohesive style to it um it doesn't help it hurt that the world is essentially just full of snow and ice so it makes it easy to be cohesive but it also has an absolute epic soundtrack to back up those visuals the voice acting is certainly rough in places not for everyone but honestly it was incredible improvement over the previous entry which was 2006's oblivion which is notorious for its bad npc dialogue so much so that there's even outtakes left in um in terms of presentation honestly the two games are night and day and i don't think bethesda gets enough credit for upping their game between the five years between oblivion and skyrim like if you look compare the games these days it's just wild where they how they got to there so in general why is skyrim in one of our top six because it's epic well actually scratch that skyrim is fucking epic (laughs) So, so true. Well said. It, about, it is. So Intergot, as someone that played through the game relatively recently and doesn't have the rose-tinted glasses that I do, what was your experience like with Skyrim? Yeah, I mean, like, for me, and it's quite funny that, you know, playing Elder Scrolls V, I have played the latest Elder Scrolls game now, <laughs> um, even 10 years on. but And let's be real, probably another three to four years to go for Elder Scrolls Six, but... Um, like, you know, I should say my bias here that I am not a fan of fantasy. Like I really do not like Lord of the Rings. Um, so like fantasy needs to sort of get to a threshold for me. And it is like, it it is probably a pull down on it overall. But even with that, I think there was one time where, you know, I, I was 10 hours into Skyrim or something like that. And I said to you guys, man, I fucking get it. I understand why people love this game. It's fucking cool. It's just like, I, like it, the one thing, and you know, you, you made such a great point about like, you feel almost bad for other devs releasing games into 2011. But honestly, like I kind of feel bad for devs in 2012, 13, 14, et cetera, because there's still stuff that it does that you do not commonly see in other games. Because I was playing this game and I'm like grabbing everything, like interacting with everything, opening everything, reading books, doing all this stuff, and it works. Like, and you, you could have put... a blast with Fallout, man. Oh, exactly. Yeah, you should. You should. I mean, it's same game engine and everything. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you can take a basket and put it on people's heads. Yes, yes. And then you can yes. steal stuff. And you can steal, yeah. which I don't even get. That that's actually quite amazing that the the, the game allows that. I don't know if it's intentional or it happens. 
and the devs are like, oh my God, this works. This is brilliant. <laughs> or they actually coded it intentionally. Either way, it's amazing. I love stuff like that in this game. And, and you know, just on the bugs, Winnie, it's like, I didn't, I didn't run into like super, like a lot of bugs and maybe it's been polished up, you know, obviously in the 10 years, but mm-hmm. I, I found the whole thing kind of endearing just the, the way it works and kind of give it a bit of credit and space that is trying to be ambitious and do heaps of shit. And like, I'll leave something on one side of the whole world in Skyrim and then come back and it's still there. I'm like, what the fuck? This is insane. <laughs> and yeah, sure. Sometimes it's missing, but 99 times it's there. I don't know. Like it's, I don't, I, I don't understand the criticism. Like I never experienced it. I never really try to get attached to those cultural wars, but you know, when people are like ripping into the game about bugs and everything like that, I'm like, it's trying to do a lot. Like, I, I don't know what people expect. Oh, yeah. But to be fair, when it first came out, it was riddled with bugs. Yeah, <laughs> so I did experience they fixed, they fixed a whole bunch of, a bunch of stuff. I think to me, to me, the greatest testament to this game is that only now in 2021 have I actually finished the main story. And that is after probably spending like three, four hundred hours in this game at least. So we forced you as well. <laughs> well, you kind of forced me to finally finish the story, which I'm like, I don't give a shit about it. It's, it's, I don't care. I just want to go and explore the world. And the fact that a game can create a world that you can get lost in and not care at all about the story that's supposed to string you on to get you to, to keep playing. You just mm. play it because you want to play it. That's, that's a testament to a great game. All right, Swinney, do you want to go on to the next game? Yeah, so the next game is a... The Aussie-made L.A. Noir. So, L.A. Noir came out in May 2011, and as I just said, was developed by our our own Team Bondi, uh, rest in peace, uh, published by Rockstar as well. So, I would say alongside the Bioshock games, this is easily the biggest profile Australian-made game um, pr- probably in history. Uh, especially one that's solely, essentially solely developed in Australia. Yeah, and I think that's I the know. key point that, like, it was fully uh, developed and led here. A certain yeah. goose has something to say about that. <laughs> yeah, screw that goose. No, so, I've been saying Hollow Knight, but anyway, let's get on a different topic. So, LA Noir is a really unique mix of a detective sim and an open world action game. And. Honestly, it's one of the most memorable gaming experiences I've ever had. Um, and I think for a lot of people that have been through it, just think, what other game is like L.A. Noir? The, to me, it's just sh- it's shocking to me that this game didn't create so many copycats with this style. Now, you've got a lot of, you know, there are noir games, but they're often either visual novel styles or interactive narrative games or very t- scaled back, you know, like point-and-click games and things like that. Nothing on this level, uh, especially when it comes to the really, really um, inventive uh, investigation mechanics, but also the interrogation mechanics is one of the coolest things that this game does. And a lot of that is due to the revolutionary use of motion capture and the face, face animation technology that honestly even though we spoke at length about Ali Noir in a previous episode as part of the nominee feature, I don't think we, you know, you could talk for ages about the work that they did to achieve what they did. And it still looks great to this day. It's amazing. It's still one of the best looking to this day. Yeah. And it's stacked up by a really stellar voice cast um, and a, just an absolutely awesome noir jazz soundtrack. It's, it's a game that dared to tackle subject matter that, 
just very few games ever have before and since then. Um, very tricky ground. And while it doesn't land at 100% for everyone, I think Inter got, you know, you can, as we talked at length about that, sometimes it is very flippant about how it treats certain things. Um, I think that they, you know, I really commend Team Bondi's balls to go there. Mm. You know, they, 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 they went out on a limb with a lot of this and it is quite confronting. It's not a game that you want to play in front of children in a lot of scenes, um, but it is, I think it is, it's, it really fits the tone of what they're going for. It's also a game that dared to have a flawed protagonist. So mm. Cole Phelps, you're not meant to like Cole Phelps, the guy that you're apparently playing as. You know, I say apparently because it's not a role-playing game. His story plays out and you're essentially just an observer. And it's like a lot of the best-written characters in media and art, you know. Just look at characters like Mad Men's Don Draper. You know, some of the most interesting characters are very flawed and Cole's kind of along those lines and the game itself isn't perfect you know the mission structure and action gameplay elements sometimes miss the mark but the misfires are few and far between and if anything the game's episodic nature and fractured narrative leads to some people bouncing off a bit might like they might do you know one of the the I guess the desks or a few cases and then come back later and the fractured narrative can sometimes probably lead to, you know, people not understanding where things have gone. But in general, I think for people to stick with it, the story is really, really great. It's full of twists that are really interesting and it makes the genre proud. It's There's times when things are like, oh, that's too coincidental. But as we talked about in Intercot, you mentioned that is a hallmark of the noir genre. Coincidences happen. They always tie characters in that you saw earlier that just might be a random person that you talk to and you never would have thought they were more important to the story. So just overall to me, like just Alain Noir, it's just an absolute thriller. I just think it's an absolute banger of a game. Yeah, no, like I think it's well summed up. I I think out of all the six of the games, it's probably the most flawed, but you know, yeah, you'd, you'd, you could have lots of arguments about this, but in a way it was trying to do more things, more ambitious, kind of insane as like, I know, you know, it wasn't completely a new studio team Bondi, but as a unit it really was like, and guys and girls working together and they really tried to do something totally out there. Like the mo capping, which honestly is, I honestly don't think I've seen it in a better, like a game that's, better than L.A. Noir, or, you know, at least maybe just at the same level, and that's 10 years ago. And, yeah, just like what you're saying, Swinney, when I played through this, and, again, it was the first time I played it, I was like, why are there no games like this? <laughs> you know, like, literally cannot buy L.A. Noir 2. Um, and, yeah. I, you know, it just doesn't feel like there's an analogue to it. So it's quite interesting. If there's a game that... Well, it's interesting if there's a game that deserves a sequel. It's one of those... To me, it's like like Blade Runner... It didn't really need a sequel. The sequel turned out to be really good. Sequel is very good though. <laughs> very, very good. I was so glad about that. But it didn't need one. You know what I mean? Like it could have just yeah. been a film in of itself. Um, but it's it's one of those things where it doesn't need a sequel, but I'd love to see a sequel. Mm. Um, and a sequel that does it justice. Because it's such a unique genre um, and it's such a unique game that it yeah, the only thing I can kind of think of, and it's not, it's totally different, but just in terms of setting and everything is the Mafia series, but those mm. are different games. They're that's, not. That's the closest I would think of, and I've yeah. only played Mafia 2, but as you said, They're when you take, 
it's pretty much everything but the interrogation and, and the investigation. Which, but the thing is, if you take that out of of La Noir, then that's seventy five percent of what that makes that game special, if not more. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You know. So. All right. Well, I've got the unenviable, but maybe easier task of of trying to argue and summarize why. Minecraft uh, We're should be... here. We're summarizing here. <laughs> summarizing. <laughs> summarizing why Minecraft uh, should be in the top six video games of 2011. And, I mean, I could make it really sure. I think you could make an argument that Minecraft will be in the top six of video game ever. Um, you know, like the game is completely limited by your imagination. So it should be unlimited. I recall, like, a conversation I had with a good mate. You know, he came to me... Like it was probably about six, six or seven years ago saying, oh, I've got the most brilliant idea. Do you want to invest in it? I'm going to make like a game that it's like building Lego. And I'm like, you dumbass. <laughs> it's called <laughs> Minecraft and it's just been sold for $2.5 billion to Microsoft. <laughs> this game is just like incredible. And it's gone from strength to strength. And there's so much flexibility in what the game is. You know, people play this game in so many different ways. You know, people play it in like a peaceful mode where they're not hunting, killing anything, being hunted, having any kind of experiences like that. Whilst other people, they kind of make it a combat game. Like I've seen heaps of videos on YouTube where people are like, you know, having one-on-one battles with each other and, you know, having like tournaments and crazy stuff like that. And just on the, you know, content creation, you know, even in 2020 and 2021, Minecraft is still the number one game that people make content for in terms of videos, which is just baffling. And it actually is still one of um, the most played games in the world. You know, it's gone on to sell something of the order of like 200 million copies. And that's not free. It's not a free-to-play game. That's people genuinely buying it. And it's probably, you you know, Mike and I love bargains. It's actually one of the least discounted games ever. Like the best sale they've ever done is to celebrate it being 10 years old. Like that's the kind of staying power that this game has had. Um, and, and, you know, like even if you look at today, you know, they've released the you know, ray tracing version of Minecraft and I've played that. It actually is one of the best examples of ray tracing because of the simplicity of the graphics, just, you know, having the ability to really make things pop. And it actually is such a good demonstration of the technology. And, you know... <sighs> I love having debates like this with people around, hey, with music, you know, if aliens came to Earth in 100, 200 years, what music would we show them? You know, people like, oh, the Beatles and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, if you kind of have the argument or the discussion around video games, I mean, Minecraft would have to be in that conversation. That's kind of where it's landed now for me. Um, And it's just an incredible game. Uh, What are your thoughts, guys? Look, Minecraft, I loved my time with Minecraft. I probably could put upwards, which is nothing compared to other people, probably put upwards of 500 hours into playing it on the on the Xbox 360 version, which initially was quite scaled back, but they did update it eventually to get to the point where it was in 2011. Uh, and it's, yeah, as you mentioned, it's a game that's limited only by imagination. I remember 
I said to myself, okay, you know, at the time I, I was caring, I was caring more about achievements in those kind of games as well. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to get all the achievements in this. And then at some point I stopped caring about any achievements in bloody Minecraft. <laughs> and I sat there and thought, okay, you complete one thing. It's like, okay, that's cool. I really, that, I did this awesome thing. And then you just think, then your just imagination starts just whirling. What is the next big thing I can do? So I went from, okay, I'm going to create this underground mine uh uh like a you know like a, a railway system i remember when he did that and it goes underneath my house and and everything and then once i've done that i'm like you know what there's a mountain up there i'm gonna create a castle on that mountain <laughs> so i did that i spent ages leveled out the mountain made it look great i finished the, the castle then i said you know what would be cool if underneath the castle was a giant subterranean library i'm talking yeah, huge I've heard about library <laughs> so i spent Hours upon hours upon hours, manually carving out the entire space, built my library, mapped out the statue in Excel and a little thing, and it was just all from your imagination. It's such such a cool game and it's such a cool tool. It's, you know what, boys? I, I think, you know, we probably should just call the episode... Yeah. Minecraft's sure. the winner. <laughs> you know, I, we've got it on record now. Swinney has said a game stopped him caring about achievements. <laughs> <laughs> this is the achievement man. This is the, the man that is fueled by... Lives by achievements. Get rid of G Fuel. He's fueled by achievements. <laughs> Chivos. That is an amazing admission. I might it have to soundbite that. <laughs> I, I recently bought, uh, bought a Switch... Uh, for my, let's call her my niece, and all she's been playing on <laughs> Can it is Minecraft. Can I just Minecraft. say the frame? Sorry, sorry to interrupt. The framing of that is really awkward. But go what? on, go on. She's she's my. Let me, let's just call her my niece. <laughs> click. What is she? <laughs> Whatever. So this this six year old, I think she's six. Um. So I got I got her a switch. I I, I asked for permission from her parents because I was worried that she'll be hooked on this damn device. And they 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 approved it. So I was like, okay, great. Um, and I got it because I knew she was into Minecraft more than anything. And I wanted her to play Minecraft without having to use her dad's PC. And that's all she does. She loves it to bits. She last time last time there was a family gathering, she she was sitting next to me and she was telling me about what she did in Minecraft and the character she created and how she's playing with her friend and just how excited she gets about it and how excited she gets about creating stuff mm. in that world is is amazing. Like it's the one game that if I was a parent, I'd be like, Yeah, you can play that. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is something about just the graphics, the coloring, like the whole package. Cause even my son who's three he like instantly gravitated to Minecraft. He was like, wow, what's this? And it, the thing that I loved about it was he was asking about stuff. He's like, where, where are the pigs? I'm like, oh, there are <laughs> pigs here. So I was like, all right, let's try to find some. He goes, where are the horses? I'm like, shit, there's horses in this game. All right, let's go find the horses. Where are the cows? I'm like, oh, my God. This is <laughs> and then he's like, where are the sharks? I'm like, oh, I don't think there's sharks. No shark. Put the game down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't want to have stuff like that. <laughs> definitely uh, not how I got some material there. <laughs> no, definitely. All right, well, let's get on to our final, I think, final uh, game of summer of the year for 2011, and it's Super Mario 3D Land. So for me, why is this in the top six? Well, this game may have saved Nintendo. What a big claim I'm making. But let, hear me out. Hear me out. 
So hot off the heels of the Wii, massive, you know, importance. It's completely waning, the Wii, like falling apart. You know, the sales drop of the Wii was incredible. And Nintendo released the Nintendo 3DS and honestly it bombed. Like came out, the price point wasn't right. People thought it was the right price. It was like 250 US. And they actually had to, within like, I think it was in the order of like six months, drop the price, give away a lot of benefits, ambassador program to people who'd bought it on day one. And there just wasn't really like content for it. So this game didn't come out with the launch of the 3DS, but it came out later and it's even to this day, <clears throat> I think this game is the best exponent of the virtues and what the 3DS could be or maybe should have been. The 3D in this game and how it's utilized for the 3DS, it to me is integral. I know like, you know, if you go to the feature where we talked about this game, Swinney, unfortunately, he tried his best to actually get it um, in a way that he could play it, but you didn't experience it with the 3D. And I, I you know, but I'm even, not... Even then I have a 2DS, so I wouldn't <laughs> have experienced it anyway. Yeah, I, I do think like it's certainly not the design intention of the game, obviously. Like there are puzzles where you basically completely have to guess what you're doing because you can't see the the 3D nature of the puzzle. Like you're just jumping and you're hoping like you're going to land on certain things. And it's just to me like absolutely the magic of Nintendo and just the genius that they have of like, okay, we have 3D, this is how it's going to work. How can we build all these elements out of the game? And, you know, for me, Mario is like right in my heart. It's like probably the first game I fell in love with. And and for me, this game is more actually in line with, you know, like Super Mario Bros, Super Mario Brothers 3 type of game rather than any 3D game um, that, that Nintendo sort of released in the Mario series. And, you know, I actually think this game on reflection is superior to 3D World, which I came totally out agree. I after was on the Wii U. Exactly the same thing, as which is a great that. game, by yeah. the way. Like, I think oh, it's a fantastic game, yeah. game, like very solid game. But this game is just handheld perfection. Yeah, it's just fantastic. I'm actually really pleased that we have it on the list. And just the one thing I'd shout out is like I really feel, you know, I've said this before and a few times. I feel like the next Nintendo console will be a dedicated VR console. And I feel like this game kind of gives you some hints as to like even some of the thinking around what Nintendo could do if they were unleashed in a, you know, format that made sense, like a Quest style device. It would just be incredible. Um, So, and, you know, at that time I'd be like, get this game on that Nintendo VR console, whatever they're going to announce. They probably already announced it and we're publishing it post that. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, Sweeney, do you have any other thoughts on, on 3D Land? Just the fact that I, I didn't play this when it came out, but I think at the time it would have been a huge sigh of relief from me because mm. I'm not a fan of new Super, new Super Mario Brothers games and I felt that they were going the wrong direction with that stuff. And this kind of brought it back. To me, this was, I think we titled the episode this, but this was like peak Mario, just like mm. in terms of level design, in terms of just... It's how it celebrated the history of the games, the fact that it used a lot of music from Mario 3 that I don't think would, unless it's in Mario Galaxy 2, which I I never played, we never really heard those tracks in a Mario platformer since Mario 3. It was just, I think that, yeah, like if I'd played this back in 2011, it would have just been like, thank you, Nintendo. Thank you for for bringing Mario back. Mm. 
Anything else to add, Mike? No, so uh, I, I played this and I also played uh, World Odyssey. Um, I didn't play Galaxy, um, unfortunately, but I, I do want to get around to it. Um, and to me, this this was the superior title. It's the one that I enjoyed playing the most out of all of the recent Mario games. Um, and I don't know what it is. And certainly just comparing it to World, to me, this just felt so much better. And I don't think it's just because mm. of the 3D component. I think it's just the level design and the feel of it and the fact that it... It, it wasn't just perfect bite-sized chunks that were really enjoyable to play with cool, unique bits and pieces for each level. Um, I never played it originally either, but I played it recently. I got a 3DS again because I sold my old 3DSs just to play this, and I do not regret spending the money on a 3DS mm. just for this game. It was so worth it. It was a really, really brilliant game. Yeah, it's right up there with um, uh, Link Between Worlds the Zelda game, like that's a really cool use of 3D as well. Like, and yeah, I guess you haven't tried that either, Swinney. Yeah, but I remember playing through that just thinking there's certain parts that I'm like, oh, my God, seeing this in 3D mm. would be a great usage of that technology. Yeah, it's, it's like honestly one of the only games where I just had the 3D switch on the whole time. All right, boys. Um, oh, wait, what's this? Oh, wait, wait a second. Sorry, I'm just uh, checking this. Oh wait, we I have a seventh exactly. game. I knew, I knew where you were going with this. What? What is this? <laughs> this is the seventh game on the list. It's called The Witcher Two: Assassins. This of is Kings, controversial, bitch. boys. <laughs> Portal Two. So I will now argue why Portal Two. No, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Portal Two is a great game. It's just a great game in the year of better games for me. <laughs> we talk, we talked too much about Portal Two, so the joke didn't work. Um, all right, boys. I think that was pretty good. I love that. <laughs> all right, the, the, this is this is this is the money shot now. This is this nice. is uh, where it gets serious. This is uh, this is for all the marbles. We we haven't uh, even really spoken about how this is going to work. How are we going to rank things? Because <laughs> like, that's the best way. <laughs> this is going to be a blood sport. Go in there, but I will out. say I'm pissed about Portal Two, so I'm not going <sighs> to like let you guys get away with murder and trying to gang up against uh, me. Go go oh. cry. Go cry in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's pretty simple. You know, we've got Dark Souls Deus Ex, Skyrim, L.A. Noir, Minecraft, Mario 3D Land. Our task is, as a, as a unit, as the bigwig crew, as the three of us, we have to rank these. One, two, three, four, five, six. Simple. Uh, this is not pre-planned. No, no. I, we actually don't know <laughs> what we're going to do or come up so, with. So, you're witnessing you got- this is... Yeah. So, a question to you guys: Do you have your own lists? I, you know, like, it sounds like I should have my own list. I have like the list in my mind. Yeah. Like I can work okay. through it right now. Like bang, 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 bang. You know. Okay. I'm just just interested just to know if you have a list or if it's kind of going to. It's in my head. It's in my head. But I, you it's know, a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, there's there's a couple of games here that I I know aren't going to be number one. Yeah, same. I agree with that. That's, I agree that's with the way that. I would see it as well. Yeah. So do you want that. me to say the games I think I definitely don't have a chance of being number one? Yeah. So L.A. Noir. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, agreed as well. And Murray 3D Land. Also I agree. 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 Yeah. So the tricky part is where do you put them in, <laughs> in relation to the rest? But I think it's pretty... Well, I think five it's and six, to, I would say. It's Well, we'll see. But I think it's good to kind of get that out in the open that there are some... Ones that aren't going to be number one. So, yeah, I, I'd say, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we've got them over there now. 
<laughs> do, so, do you do you want to lock him in, Eddie? Well, I have I have my list, and it's like, yeah, like I already had those at at you know the, at that bottom. Well, there's, actually, you know. By um, the way, there's no locking in. Like this thing's fluid until the end, until we do. Yeah, agree yeah of on course. It, yeah. So. Okay. So, but, so well, so, I, I I correct myself. It's not actually. You know, working through the order in my mind, it, it yeah, like I, Mario 3D Land, I didn't have as the winner, and I don't think I would argue that, but I had it above some of the other games on the right hand side. Okay, yeah, so this is more about okay, like I'm just trying to think of some common ground. So I would say as common thing. ground, it, it sounds like Mario 3D Land wouldn't take the sixth spot; it would take the fifth spot at worst case, right? Would you agree with that, Swinney? That's my gut feel that I would say. Mario 3D Land is above Ellie Noir. See, not for me. Mm, oh, really? Oh, interesting. So, how do we do this? Is it two against one? <laughs> do we no, just we over? Ju- I think we just we just talk through it and then we see how we go with it. Okay. We got there with our we'll nominees. Talk it and ignore we'll get there with our determination. For me, Mario 3D Land is obviously an amazing game. I just think that in for what I value the most out of the this. You know, choosing the ranking the games. Games. I'm not ranking based on impact or anything like that. Mm. I'm ranking on just what I what do I think is the is a better video game, and a lot of them also do. They offer more unique experiences for me than Mario 3D Land, which was amazing, but was also just a really good Mario game. Mm. Just a really, really good yeah, Mario. Damn game. you! You're selling me on that. I have to admit. Uh, look, I think from a gameplay perspective, I enjoyed Mario 3D Land more from an experience perspective, L.A. Noir for me as well. But I'm, was, not, I'm, I'm not going to go out on a limb and fight for L.A. Noir to not be number six. The thing for me is like, you know, L.A. Noir is, well, like 3D Land is pretty unique as well. Like there aren't like a hell of a lot of games like 3D Land because mm. you have to take it, I think, in fairness, the whole package, which is also the 3D feature of the game. Like it was built with that design intent. And I think that's, that offers a lot of uniqueness. Like, again, like I don't think the Wii U 3D world lives up to it as well because it doesn't have that element. It can't. That's not how the Wii U works. And I, I think it does offer something pretty interesting and, and unique. And to me, I can't go past as well that the game is almost flawless 3D land. Whereas Alley Noir is deeply flawed as a game. Like the pacing is way off. Like, you know, some of the, the parts in the middle are a bit like, yeah, the, but, you know, we won't go through it, but the twist in the game is like almost undeserved in my opinion. And I know you might argue like Noir and all that kind of stuff, but there's more things that are put in, ga- like, and, you know, Noir film that indicate, oh, wait, there's going to be a bit of a twist here. And, you know, as I said, I don't want to spoil the twist, but to me it was super undeserved. I was like, what the hell is he doing? Like, who is in, this character? It's not even in, the character that I know. In fairness, though, and maybe you're maybe you're trying to remove this from, the, you know, your thought around it, but look, the structure of Alain Noir is not, is not perfect, but it also has more padding in the one that you guys played. I, I grant that. I grant that totally. Mm. Which is includes the DLC missions of woven into the game, which is to me a ridiculous idea. Um, it's stupid the way they did it. Yeah, it goes against the whole design. Like games, just like stories and movies, and and sorry, just books and movies and everything. Like 
narrative is planned out, structure is planned out to just like mess with the original intention. It's like going back and someone else editing Blade Runner, you know, that's not Ridley Scott or something. But but, but just just I, the counterpoint to that, Swinney, I, I do concede that in general, but there was some point in the game and it wasn't DLC and it was like a stream, stream of missions that I was playing and I was sort of a bit like I'm on the limit with it. And I checked, like, are these DLC or normal? They were normal missions, but then I had a few, like, an extra DLC mission, which pushed me over the edge of being like, oh, this is really annoying. And I think with any good story, the way it propels, you never get to a point where you're like, oh, like, let's get to the next act. Let's get on with it. You know what I mean? Like, I want to understand why the rifle's up at the top of the bar type of thing, right? You never want that in a story. You want it to, you go, oh, no, shit, I want to know a little bit more about it, and we're moving on. You know what I mean? Like, and I just felt the game... You know, and I'm being ultra critical because we're talking about one of the best years of video games ever, and we've got it in the top six. So let's be real; like it's it's up there. But you know, I just have to be critical, and go, I, I just personally can't put it ahead of 3D Land. And that's fair enough. Um, the one thing I dispute is I think Mario 3D Land is actually has flaws to it. Mm. To me, it's not a nearly flawless game in any way, but it's a very good game. Again, like these are all great games. But I'm not going to fight tooth and nail to say Alain Noir should be higher on the list. You know, if that's, I guess, I'm I'm kind of almost ambivalent about the, these two are kind of interchangeable for me. Um, mm. So I don't know, Mike, how how you kind of land with this. Look, stuff. someone's got to make a decision. I think to me, Mario 3D Land is a bee's dick ahead of Alain Noir. So I'm just, I would personally put it slightly ahead. It's it's a tough. It's super tough. They're mm. both brilliant games in their own right. Depending on how you look at them, they're superior to each other. But I feel like overall, um, as a game, as and it, I don't know, it's weird. I can't even say as an experience because La Noir was a much more unique experience mm. than Mario Three D Land. But to your point as well, um, Intergot. It was probably one of the key 3D games on that platform. And to this day, it's still such an amazing game to be playing. And it's still, in my opinion, a better game than the sequels to the to that game. Mm. Um, and the fact that, you know, 10 years later, I can still enjoy it more than I can enjoy a brand new game is a testament to how good it is. Um, unfortunately, I had the same issues with L.A. Noir, where at the time I never finished it back in the day. And when I did play it now, I had all the padding that kind of just became a bit of a nuisance mm. um and it's hard for me to to rationalize that in my head because i also need to think about what was the game like back when it came out but unfortunately i never played it back when it came out so it's hard to to the to to completion so it's hard for me to really judge it that way um so i would just personally have to just put mario land just a little bit ahead of of la noir my biggest criticism of the new remastered version is they changed the titles of like what you're supposing on the witness from like doubt to good cop, bad cop. None of the memes made any more sense to you. <laughs> and, I know, I didn't understand that. So I was like, why would they change it? Like when, when I now translate it in my head, I feel like I'd get more accurate results in the game. Because I was like, good cop, bad cop, that's like a more emotional thing. But saying like you doubt someone like is like, you know, slightly different. So hmm. All right, what do, well, what do you want to do, Swinny? I think uh, I think that seals it. I think we have to put Ali Noir as six, and yeah. 
Potentially Ooh. Murray 3, Lance 5. We don't know about that one, but I think LA Noir makes sense as 6. All right. Well, yeah, we can just put it like this is not permanent. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course not. Yeah. And again, I, I don't think we need to apologize to anyone or anything, especially the developers of all these amazing games. Brilliant game. Absolutely brilliant game. Uh, it's just really tough competition that year. No, this is the definitive list. So they should, uh, that's, that's why we <laughs> got rid of together. Team Bondi. We got rid of them. So. <laughs> now, if the game was called Horror of the Orient. Oh, God. I, didn't, I actually, you know, I purposely did not mention that, Swinney. That is like, oh, just oh, so cringy. Nothing to worry about. We're not uh, monetized yet. All right, so uh, what are we doing now? Well, that's the easy Ooh. stuff out of the way, potentially. <laughs> I genuinely think I you'd know. say any of these is number one. Well, maybe. So, no, I, I, dude, like, come on. Look, which look, one's per- not number one? So this is this is a, it's a personal opinion. Uh, for, I I I can't exactly put my finger on it, but I don't know why. I I can't. I love Deus Ex. Mm. I loved playing it back then. Really enjoyed playing it again. But I don't know if I can put it as number one. Mm. To me, it's 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 sort of not as the impact isn't as great as something like a Minecraft or a Dark Souls or a Skyrim. You're saying impacts to games in general or impact to you? Impact to both things. Uh, impact to well, it's a weird one. I, I actually probably more to games in general. Um, to me, I never played a lot of Minecraft, but I acknowledge that. It's had a massive impact mm. on society. Um, whereas I think Deus Ex may have had more of an impact to me personally because I played it a hell of a lot more, but I don't think it's had the same impact to gaming. Um, or I'm just forgetting what a huge impact it had at the time. Um, but I just feel like it certainly wasn't to the extent that Minecraft was where, you know, it, it wasn't just a gaming thing. It became a phenomenon in its own right. Um, but you don't even have to have played the game. You don't even have to be into into video games to mention Minecraft and people go, oh, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Mm. Um, and just the impact that it's had would, would as an example, uh, push it ahead of something like Deus Ex. I'm, Deus Ex. Look, Deus Ex. I love Deus Ex Human Revolution. But if we're talking about we we're able to use the lens of time to look back and you know, look at these games from a 2021 perspective. Um, it's not number one for me because I've also seen how the how the game can be improved. And I, it kind of, it's like when you see it, what I think is a better version of the game, which is a sequel to me, Mankind Divided, um, which is not probably going to be popular opinion, but it is for me. Um, well, you're I kind you're of, the Odyssey it, man, me, so that's not shocking. To me, it shows up. The some of the flaws in Deus Ex a bit more. Um, and I, this is, again, like, I love this game. When it came out, I was like, man, yeah, this same. is one of the best, game, best games I've ever played. Um, it's just that when you're talking, falling in the year that Dark Souls and Skyrim did, it's like, oh, it's tough. Now, to me, this is, like, this is not number one, but it's also higher than number four for me, personally. Um, but I'm also kind of, you know, like I could see it's three or four and be very comfortable with either of those. Yeah. So it's, I it's, like, I don't know, like, so I, you know, part of me is like, I don't even know what I should say sometimes, but <laughs> I, I like Deus Ex much more than Skyrim. Right. 
But it's like, would I say that Deus Ex is a better game than Skyrim? Well, you can. No, but it's like, you to know what you. I mean by that? Like, but I know what you, I know exactly what you mean because, like I said, I was never huge into Minecraft. I played it a little yeah, bit, yeah, yeah, but barely scratched the surface of that game. So it's, it's a tough one because do I judge it by my personal experience and my views on it, or yes. do I try to be a bit more objective and, and think about what impact that game has had. Is it is it about me or is it about the game? Mm. To me to me this is our game of the some other year. Now I understand talking about impact, but <sighs> just to say, well, for other people it's impactful. Like to me I can't speak for what you're gonna say, of course, but Okay. If you're asking, hey, what should I judge it on? To me, you should judge it on your own opinion and your I, own I experience. want to judge it like that, but I, I, I find it so hard. Yeah, when I don't I think, think you about... can though. I think you have to have a a more universal lens to a See, degree. I don't. I've I've this entire game some other year, I have not cared about impact of games. <laughs> no, I've mentioned I've mentioned that and I've mentioned yeah, that throughout no, the whole it's thing. Fair enough. This is different... my yeah. to me, this is like my thoughts and what I love about these games. Not has there been how what's the impact, what's the sales and I don't care about any of that. I understand why why it's why you guys bring it up, but for me, it's like I don't care how impactful Minecraft is. Do I like it as a video game? Does it deserve to be to me in the top six or the top three or whatever of the games of 2011 for me? But I look, I understand the impact line um, mm. because you know if we if we were judging on impact, Minecraft is number one. There's no question there, right? Oh, I, I like I actually think the argument about impact. You've probably got three games: Dark Souls, Skyrim, and Minecraft. No, you just said before, like just look at the the content creation, look at the sales, but, look at look at the fact that essentially Minecraft is a phenomenon in out that goes outside of video games. Sure, that the impact is easily Minecraft, but that's one element of impact, right? If I look at like Dark Souls from an impact perspective, it is like shaped a whole bunch of the video games industry you know so much so that like it's gotten to a ridiculous point where reviewers are just constantly oh it's got dark soul elements oh this from dark souls and hollow Knight. oh it's dark souls metroid like that has had a huge impact on the nature of like even what people want to make with a video game so yes it hasn't had the cultural impact of minecraft and this is not limiting minecraft what i'm about to say but it's kind of like going, well, BTS, they're massive. Like they've got their own like, you know, McNuggets at, at McDonald's, right? Like I'm kind of a bit like, yeah, sure, the huge impact, but, you know, am I really like super fascinated with that impact? Sometimes not, right? So BTS. I don't like, I, like the beauty is that we, we didn't come up with rules. So. Yeah, I we, know. And yeah, we are allowed to. <laughs> And the beauty of this is that we, you know, we all have different opinions and we all yeah. have different ways of, view, of expressing those opinions and stuff. Do we all have the same number one? I'd, well, I, I guarantee oh, we I don't, don't have the same number one. I can guarantee it right now. I don't know. I don't think we do. I don't know. But no, I can guarantee it. I can okay. guarantee we don't have the really? same number one. Yeah. Okay. Well, all I know is Minecraft is not my number one. We, yeah. yeah, we have different number ones. I, I would say it's also not my number one. So I think the question then remains is... Is it fighting for three and four spot or is it fighting for something higher? Because, because yes, it's had a huge impact, but 
Uh, I'm going to have to be very subjective on this one to Swinney's point and go, I'm the one that's subjectively making this judgment call for myself now. <laughs> and I've already acknowledged that Minecraft has been an amazing phenomenon, but I personally did not get drawn into that. So therefore, for me, it's like a three or four spot. Mm. The thing with Minecraft is it's a really tough one to judge because it is as much a video game as it is a creative tool. And it is difficult to separate the two mm. because you can, as you said, Intergot, when you, you did your you know good summary about it, it's a different thing to everyone. And how you play Minecraft or how you build things in Minecraft, because, you know, we've got to think there's whole communities that just build stuff in Minecraft. They don't care about survival mode or anything. Yeah, and the survival mode about the game is the most game part of the game. But it's it's really tough um, because I know initially my when, when we were discussing all these games and Minecraft kind of came into my head, it's like, I don't know. Look, for me, it's like, I don't think of it as much as a video game as the other games. And it's it's tricky because when we're judging these all against each other, it's almost like it's it's on its own kind of plane of existence here. <laughs> that it's like you it's like trying to compare things that just don't don't are incomparable, you know? But I think I think that's a key point, right? And I think it's like really critical that we're sort of like stewing it a little bit. I'll take you to a different example. Like it was like what, 2008 um, with Halo 3, the forge mode in Halo 3. To me, you can't separate Halo 3 and forge mode and say, and I'm not saying that you're saying this, but I'm just like want to make it clear that you can't go, oh, forge mode, that's a different thing. That's like you can make crazy things in it, create your own game, play that. To me, that's part of it. Like that's, Honestly, the beauty of video games, it's an interactive medium, not a purely consumption medium. So, you know, like, you know, you had a great summary of L.A. Noir. You're not actually playing as Cole, the character. Like, you are, like, almost watching Cole, the character, and you've got interactive bits that you get through, but it's not you. Like, you, the story is happening to you, whereas, you know, with other video games and the, the sort of what it can afford you, is, you know, like experiences that are like crazy, you know, like and all the stuff that you're talking about as well, like with Minecraft. And I think you have to you have to have that as like a major component of the game. Like the fact that you can make like massively complicated things in the game and get lost in it and spend thousands of hours easily. Like that is to me a, a part of the game. And, you know, like honestly a limitation more on games like Deus Ex and Mario 3D Land and L.A. Noir. Yeah, look, I, I definitely understand your point. Um, I just, I can't separate the fact that <coughs> it just, when we're comparing video games, it just feels like, yeah, like as you were saying before, it's like interactive Lego in many ways. And yeah. it's, to me... They did eventually obviously build to more of a purpose in the game. And I'm not saying video games can't not have a purpose, like, you know, that art can just be, you know, can't be open-ended things, I should say. But it just, yeah, it's just for me, like, the idea of it being a video game is just like, I just can't reconcile that in my head. It's kind of like a weird hybrid of that creative tool 
with a video game. It's just so, for me to say it's the game of 2011, just to me does a disservice to the other games of this list massively. No, but because- I, I, I think on that though, that's your biases coming to the fore of, like you are a huge RPG player, right? So like narrative story, structure, having interactive parts, obviously, but to me that's not what a video game can be, you know? Like to me, Mario Paint is a video game. Like that's see, a totally. So I view experience, that as a creative right? tool. I don't view it as a that's video. That's a video game. game for sure. No, but I'm saying that that's what I'm saying. I view that more as a creative software as opposed to a video game. Nah, I, I, look, I know what you're saying, but I, you never, ever in a million years could not say that Minecraft is not a video game. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that. But when I, I'm that can't judging, be a logically logical extension. No, but I'm saying when I'm looking at all these games, comparing to each other it's difficult to compare Minecraft to them because it is this weird thing. And yeah. I just can't place it above any of these games. First of all, just I don't think from a video game standpoint, the mechanics and everything as a video game to me are inferior to these other games. But I know that's it. it's not aiming to be a AAA kind of experience. So I'm not judging it based on that. It's just, I yeah, for me, it's it's definitely not in the top two. I, you know, to me it would be even, it would be in the bottom two, but I understand that's not going to happen. Um, just, and this is coming from someone that put hundreds of hours into Minecraft. Mm. So I feel that I've, you know, I, I feel I'm coming from a place where I got, I had a very good amount of time to experience Minecraft. Um, I just, especially in this year, I just, the other experiences I had were just way above it. So I'm not going to beat a dead horse on this, right? But I do feel like you are limiting your thought on this to putting Minecraft in the box of every other game rather than treating it as like an interactive piece of art that we call video games that it won't necessarily have the same structure but should be judged on its merits. But as I said, I don't want to beat a dead horse on it. Um, I'm not trying to change your mind, but... You know, for me, I think you treat the experience as a whole. It's like, you know, trying to compare different types of art, right? Some that are very out there and some that aren't, you know, like you have to treat the experience and not go, well, you know, this is abstract and this is more, you know, uh, like, a, you know, a different period of time and then therefore this is better because this is mechanically crafted and it looks photorealistic and all this kind of stuff. It's not the intention of of the artwork and the style. So, but yeah, like I said, I don't want to beat a dead horse. I don't think so, I'm going to change my mind uh, on it. Are you, are you arguing Minecraft is number one? I think it's number one. I had a number one. Well, See, that, to me, okay. that that is just like... So my I can, list, I, had, I cannot put that as this is number one because it's a it's a great tool. It's a it's a it's a fun it's game not, to play. It's not a tool, but hey, let me let me finish. I view it as a fun tool and a fun game to play, but it is not the top video game of twenty eleven. I see where bo- both of you guys are coming from. So I, I don't think I actually have anything to add because I can kind of see both of your points. But you've already said that you. So that you haven't you didn't go into that experience. And I don't know if that you're saying that because you didn't spend enough time playing. Who it. me, sorry? So, yeah. So you yeah, can't no, judge so, it. so to to me I can't. So so to me it's interesting. To me, I have to it, it's really it's a really tough one for me because on one hand, again, I acknowledge 
what an amazing experience it is. And I acknowledge, and I kind of lean more towards what Intergot's saying that um, a, a game can be more than just its core thing mm. to entertain you as a game. It can be used as a tool. It can be used as other things. And I think if anything, that's the amazing thing about something like, like Minecraft that it's meant to be a game, but then it ends up being used for so much other stuff. Like there's people who design their own houses in Minecraft, literally design their own houses and then build them, which I think is insane um, in a good way. So, but at the same time, I'm going to have to put this Winnie hat on and say, I, it never, it's weird. I love Lego, love the concept of Minecraft. I just never got drawn into it enough to put the hours in, into it. So I'm really torn between this one because I also have to put my hat of what do I feel in 2011 was the game that deserved it. And as because of that, honestly, I'm just going to have to put it in the middle as like spot three. I'm just going to have to go with that personally. Yeah. And I don't like know my, if that makes any list. sense, but I'm torn with this one. I really am. <laughs> I feel like my whole list is getting bumped down. So like my list, the expanded list, I had like Minecraft and Portal 2. <laughs> so it's like my list is just getting <laughs> obliterated here. Um, I think it just goes to show that our our, our way of of viewing this is I think I think if and I, I don't mean to to say this in a in a bad way or anything like that, but I feel like Swinney had his view is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Swinney, it's the games that you felt deserve that based on your experiences with the game. Whereas Intergod, you feel more like on the opposite side of the spectrum, which is more not so much what I personally feel about it, but more of what the game is and why it deserves it. No, and no, I'm no. Taught it's it's how I feel middle. about it. It's how I feel about it. So, but I think on Swinney's point, and again, I said I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I feel like uh, Swinney did find it super enjoyable and engaging and interesting. Just and everything not like as that. much as the other games. I said okay, that. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Fair that's enough. all. That's all. No, for me, I love this. But this is like Rocket League. I'm a huge, I like, I love Rocket League. I put, you know, I don't know what it was last time I checked, 700, 800 hours into Rocket League or something like that, right? And I know, Mike, you're always like, it's just the same game over and over again, right? But to me, that's beautiful. It's like soccer. It's like AFL football. It's like, yeah, sure, know, it's the same thing. I, I love it. Courses, you know? yeah. So to me, like, that would be the number one game if it was like, you know, in the year it released in because I just think it's that good. Um, and I don't need it to be anything other than what it is and what I enjoy it. So yeah, mm. I, know, I know exactly what you mean. I'll get, this is a tough one. This is an absolutely tough one, especially when we don't have strict criteria that says you have to judge it well, by the following five things i had how do we feel about putting Deus Ex 4 now i'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a, uh, yeah. reluctantly okay with that but yeah. see i don't i i'm not as big of a fan of skyrim as everyone else is well the thing is unfortunately you didn't see the best content in the game yeah oh this is the gatekeeping yeah, you again. didn't do the uh, no, but it is, I said, <laughs> hey intergot from the very beginning when you said hey i'm starting skyrim I stressed, like, hey, dude, you've got to at least play some of the faction stuff, like some of the guild stuff. That, no joke, is the best stuff in the game. Now, I don't know if it would have changed your overall opinion, of course, but it's hard for me to think of Skyrim without thinking of that content. Like, that is the Mm. game. I get you. It's tough, though. It's tough. Like, I've played the, you know, the DLC parts of the game because I went off and, you know, got lost and stuff like that. And, like, I thought it was cool and everything like that, but, like, I'll say it like this. 
I don't think it would change its spot on this list. Like I, I, it's just fundamentally, I can't imagine the game changing so much. It'd almost be a different game because just fundamentally, what? and I'm not saying it's a bad yeah. game. I'd still say it's a 10 out of 10 game. It's just. What'd you play it on, by the way? On the Switch. Yeah. So you, you probably played what I would argue is the, the inferior version of the game. As yeah, well. but I'm, I don't get like I don't knock games too much for no no, no. I, well like, I graphics would, I and would all that kind of stuff purely because and this isn't I I actually don't care you you pick whatever you want for this but it's more um the game is about immersing yourself in the world I think and that's why but a lot me, of people love it it's more immersive Not, to play it on the Switch honestly because I can play that everywhere but it's is it immersive to to be playing on a six inch screen. Yeah, dude, like... I don't you know. know, man. Like, I played all versions of it, and the Switch was, for me, the least immersive by far. Yeah, but that's a very personal thing. Like, of so course it's personal, For me, yeah. like, yeah. Breath of the Wild, I played almost exclusively handheld, and it was one of the most immersive games I've ever played in my life. So okay. I don't think that that really holds water. It's just me personally. I'd like, and I said from the start, my bias, hmm. I don't like fantasy. In general, yeah, yeah. if something's fantasy, it's like knocks one point in my mind. Like I just know it does. Like because it's just not a setting. Some people don't like sci-fi. I love sci-fi, but some people don't like it. They just do you like Dark about Souls? It, you know? uh, yeah, I do like Dark Souls a lot. Dark Souls is fantasy. How are you going to reconcile that <laughs> so, in your brain? No, it's not, I love some <laughs> fantasy. Can I ask you? So your hesitation to put Day Six number four is because you feel that Skyrim is it's a better game than Skyrim. Is that why? I definitely think, like, just on the idea of which one did you enjoy more, which one do you feel like gave you just, you know, a better experience, 100% Deus Ex was better for me. Like, but, without a doubt, like, no so doubt is, in my mind. This is interesting because now we're talking about a game that you had a better experience with, but when we're talking about Minecraft, it wasn't about that. It was about the impact that Minecraft has as a game. No, no, I had a good experience with Minecraft. So how do I stopped we... playing it because... I realized this is going down a Rocket League path. Uh. Like I know myself and I get very addicted yeah. to things. I think that's why I didn't And play I started either, building some more yeah. stuff and I was like, damn, I'm yeah. like, like I'm almost getting goosebumps thinking about it. Game. I'm like, <laughs> I am going to lose my life <laughs> playing yeah. this game. So I stopped because okay. I was like, fuck, this is the dangerous game to play. So, so what do we do about this? Do we? Uh... So do you guys want to hear my number one? Sure. Okay. Do we want to go there? Yeah, yeah why not? It. Let's yeah, do it, baby. Let's do it. Might, might my, help with this. My top, I've already showed you mine. <laughs> my top game of 2011 is Skyrim. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep, yep. No, I... I, I yep. did not expect that. I honestly really? did not expect okay. that. Okay. Uh. Shit, is your number one Skyrim as well, Mike? So here's the thing. Here's the Fuck, thing. Fuck, I'm like so, so blown away right now. I I made the, the incorrect assumption that we all agreed Dark Souls was the best one. Uh, was going to be the number one, and then I realized no, that's just me making. But was it that up actually a joke? What did I? I thought about serious? it. That we all thought about that. No, no, that I actually thought... legit thought that we all kind of. <laughs> so I'm glad that agreed we agreed without agreeing that, that it was going trolling. to be number one. But I wasn't trolling. I swear to God, I wasn't trolling. Like my <laughs> stupid brain thought we had all right. discussed without discussing that that was probably going to be number one. Um, turn. Oh, wait, wait, I want. I want to. I want to bring. Yeah, the listeners gonna... and viewers in on this. <laughs> so we have spent a fucking year arguing, debating, playing, assessing 2011 and going, what's the best year? And then Mike the other day, yesterday. So we're like, we're going to do this episode finally. Get the monkey off our back. We're done. 
Mike texts us in our group chat. Well, we all know Dark Souls is going to be number one, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was like, I actually called Swinney. And I'm like, is this fucker like joking? Is he trolling me? Like, I'm going to fucking lose it. Like, is he? And then Swinney assures me, no, he's trolling. He's trolling. I'm like, I'm no, not sure. I wasn't sure. trolling. I wasn't trolling. I'm not sure. And then this guy, I swear to this God. This guy here. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> trying to shortcut a fucking year long process. I wasn't trying to shortcut it. I just, I just thought through all the conversations that we had that you know was going to come out on top. Now, in saying all of that, in my mind, it was going to be the winner. But then I played, played it again, played Skyrim, played it, played Skyrim, played it, played Skyrim, and I kind of went, ooh, I don't know. The world in Skyrim and mm. the experiences I had in Skyrim and getting lost into it. Oh, this is a tough one. So to be honest, I actually don't know. I'm still thinking about it right now. I'm not going to lie <laughs> to you. They're, they're so close. I don't know. So, I was determined to say Dark Souls, but now I'm like, I don't know. It might actually be Skyrim by the end of this. So to recap, you are you're like the Dark Souls one. I was, I was the Minecraft one and then... Swinney is the Skyrim one. Swinney yeah. with the bombshell. And the weird thing so, is, no really. one dislikes Doug, uh, Deus Ex. No, Everyone we don't really dislike likes. it. It's a great game, but the problem is it's just not Deus number Ex one for any of us. The, always the bridesmaid, but never the bride. <laughs> exactly. So I, I think it makes sense, correct me if I'm wrong, to probably put it as number four, and then we fight it no, out. No, but I don't, for... like, because Skyrim to me is so, it's like, Dark Souls, Minecraft, and Deus Ex are up there, and then there's a gap, and then there's Skyrim, for me personally. Yeah, but what are you going to do about the fact that both Swinney and I potentially have it as number one? But yeah. I, I'm, like, so <laughs> pro-Dark Souls being number one over, like, Skyrim, right? Like, that would... Okay. Th- like... Yeah. But by that logic, you think, you know, Dark Souls might be number one, uh... I'm tossing between Dark Souls and that. Like, we're, we're talking about mechanics and stuff uh, like that, saying Minecraft mechanics. Fucking Skyrim's combat. I was playing Dark Souls and then playing <laughs> like Skyrim's combat. It's fucking janky as all hell, right? It's just like, what? Depends how you play. Yeah. Like, you but don't, can use, be magic. Janky, don't, you don't you use magic or anything like that. Like, that's uh, the hand-to-hand combat. I can see where you're coming from. But, like, using magic and that stuff, I don't find that stuff janky. Sure. But hand-to-hand combat, you know, I'm Mr. Melee, so... That's that's how I roll. Yeah, again, to me, I don't know if it was the 30 frame thing. It just felt jankier on Switch. What? The combat in Skyrim. I don't know why. It just didn't feel the same. Mm. Well, it was 30. I, I it played 30, it on P- PC, by the way. It was 30 on Xbox as well, yeah. I know, but I played yeah. it quite a lot on PC as well, and I probably remembered it more on PC. The Switch, the Switch version, by so. all accounts, is very close to what I would have played originally on the 360. Uh, dude, it's... It's excellent. It's absolutely excellent. But it's not that one extra step that you get on on playing it on PC with the controls. And, and like, can I just, again, just remind everyone who might be pissed at us, like, Minecraft, Dark Souls, Skyrim, Deus Ex, I would honestly pretty comfortably give them all 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. Same. So, Easy. like... Mm, nah. I would. <laughs> not Minecraft, Svinny. Because <laughs> it's a um, creation tool. It's Game no, Maker Studio. No, no, I don't... I don't... I'd probably give Day Six like a nine point five. That oh, game really? has flaws, you know. Ooh. Minecraft has flaws. Skyrim has flaws. Dark Souls has flaws. They're all flawed games. To me, ten out of ten. Like it's, it's to me saying a ten out of ten game is like I think almost overselling these games, in my opinion. 
Or like, if you're selling these games. Yeah, because they're all flawed. They're all flawed. Yeah, okay, I can't. It's like saying, I, I know what you mean, but really, they're fake 10 out of 10s yeah. for me as well. No, but I'd give Minecraft, flaws, but okay, like I'd give Minecraft and Dark Souls games. guaranteed 10 out of 10s. So the the reason why Skyrim is my number one as opposed to Dark yeah. Souls, because mm-hmm. obviously Dark Souls is one of my favorite top, my favorite games of all time. So Dark Souls is two. No, one. What's that? Dark Souls is two, Skyrim is one. Ah, no. For Sweden, for uh, you, Sweeney. For me, yeah. Um, I mean, that's pretty. Once, once I said Skyrim is my number one, I think it's pretty obvious that Dark Souls is going to be number two. But never know. I, the thing is that I look. I love Dark Souls, but I cannot get past the fact that the game has some really bad design choices and has some unfinished content. And the problem is I can't say the same about Skyrim. To me, Skyrim is obviously not perfect, but it doesn't have some glaring misfires that Dark Souls does for me. And when I take it as a complete package, I just think of all the crazy adventures going to the you know the underworld, uh, was it Blackwater or whatever it's called in 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 um, Skyrim, and just. It just felt, as I've said before, it felt like you're going on an epic adventure. And Dark Souls is, I love Dark Souls, but it just has some elements to it that just stick out more. And the thing is, we're we're here ranking the best of the best, right? So we have to look at these little flaws in our head. Like, I have to look at these little flaws in my head to make sense of why I would put something over another game. But I mean, to challenge you on your own point, though... Like, the main quest in Skyrim is not very, like, it's not the best. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's quite rough the way it's structured and plays out. But to me, I don't view it as the level of misfire that uh, the Bed of Chaos and Lost Isolith are. Like, Lost Isolith is just a mess yeah. in Dark Souls. Like, I love <laughs> the level and world design Dark Souls, and you get to Lost Isolith and you're like, did they get the freaking drunk intern to design this place? You know, no, it's because they had to rush it. I feel That's like why. if I, if when I play Better Chaos again, I'm like, you bastard, this is why you're not number one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I look at, you know, I cannot defend Better Chaos. That is, well, I played I'll, that not knowing anything about it. And I'm like, this is fucked. This is like, is anyone else fucking hate this fucking boss? It's a lot ridiculous. Of I, well, I, I think when it comes to questing, it's a bit hard to compare the two games, because the quests quests in Dark Souls are kind of not really quests. It's like, go ring a couple of bells for whatever bloody reason, and then go do this thing, and then go get some Lord Vessel. What the fuck's a Lord Vessel? And then go talk to some... Holds of the Lords. Snake thing, and <laughs> go... You know, Mike? <laughs> no, no, it's pretty obvious. No, no, I know that, but the point is, like, it's it's so esoteric in yeah, the way it's that cool. it's done. It's good. Um, it's a different way of doing it. Totally different way of doing it than go talk to this person in this particular place yeah. and go liberate blah. Okay, Follow this I marker. Get it. Follow this Easy, marker. follow this marker. Totally different. So like it, it's weird the two the way they've they've approached this you know a story and a quest and and driving the player to go and achieve something. None of this gets us any closer, <laughs> I don't think, to establishing uh, any of these spots. Other other than I would say it doesn't to me sound like Deus Ex is in any of our top two. 
Is it? It was three for me. Okay, three. Right. Cool. So it's three for me. By the it's, process of elimination, uh, like can we just put it in third spot? Look, uh, it's so annoying. Minecraft and Portal 2 are like my number one and two. Stop talking <laughs> about Portal 2, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, but like the show should be and the list should be representative of the show and the people in it, right? No, but once once the shortlist and we got culled to the nominees, we're judging the nominees. Like, no, we're but not I'm judging ju- it against no, I, I'm, games that didn't make it here. No, nah, I'm looking, I'm taking a, a breath. I'm, I'm going up and going... I'm looking at it and going, the net result is my number one game is fourth and my number two game is not on the fucking list. Like, is that representation? I'm a minority here, man. This is, this is like bullshit. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. The, the process culled it to the point the where... Yeah. Yeah. Like, where there's dude, only like, white guys who are the president. You know what I mean? The process dude, is- my, Minecraft was 12th on my original list. I'm not judging that at this point. You know, like, to me, it's like... It's, but you are. You were going to say it was sixth. No, I didn't say it was sixth. I said it would probably be in the bottom two, right? And that actually, in my revised list, I actually have it as five now. Since we've been through these discussions, you know, I've had a chance to really reflect on everything. Oh, instead of 12th, you mean? Well, no, I'm saying out of the six. Oh, we're judging okay. everything <laughs> on the six, right? Okay. It's not number six, it's number five because we've since kind of, you know, you guys have convinced me throughout the earlier discussions we have why it's why it deserves a higher spot. I so, just, I cannot put Minecraft above Dark Souls or Skyrim for me. I just... Yeah, neither can I. I just cannot. Look, Deus Ex, I love that game and I would put it above Minecraft, but I just, you know, it. Dark Souls and Skyrim to me are the two biggest games of that year when i think back to 2011 for me same yeah you're outnumbered here amigo sorry but do we do we want to at least be nice to intergod and put <laughs> minecraft as three instead of four That's condescending way to <laughs> <laughs> i didn't mean it like that do, do, do we okay look i don't i, I personally with 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 everything i've been thinking about i would put minecraft as three deus ex is four that's what I would do. I could do that. I could do that. I can concede defeat on that. I'm cool with that. All right. Cool. And I'm not saying that because my cat is scratching at the door to get out. Now, remember, these are locked in. If at some point hungry. we kind of want to recess, but yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <sighs> now, this is uh, the tough one. Well, Skyrim was fourth for me, so you kind of know where I stand, right? Yeah, yeah. So are we saying Dark Souls is number one? Well, for me, it's like not even a debate. Like, honestly, like Dark Souls, like, is an experience, man. Dark Souls, like, it actually, like, changed the way I was like, oh, okay, fuck, games can be quite interesting in terms of being brutal, but fair, somewhat balanced. Like, it's not like, you know, and I said it at the time when we did the feature, it's not like an NES hard game. That you know, certain listeners can beat in a weekend, which I totally think is BS. Not that I think it's a false memory, by the way. I don't think the person's <laughs> lying. Just to be clear, um, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> Jives. But you know, like there's optionality in the game to do stuff. Whereas Skyrim, it's super cool, and I'll go back to Skyrim and I'll I'll do all the stuff you're saying, Swinny. And I know I won't change my mind on it, not because I'm trying to be stubborn or anything, but it, it just it's it's trying to do a lot, Skyrim, but Dark Souls is like 
it's like Blade Runner, man. Like you don't need to add anything to it, you know. And there's to me, it, yeah, yeah, sure. Like there's a bad boss here and a shitty area there, but the areas that are good, the bosses that are good, are fucking like leagues above things in Skyrim for me personally. For me personally, like there was no part of the main quest in Skyrim where I was like. This is just significantly better than Dark Souls. Like that's not. It's kind of even funny in my uh, head thinking. I about would. Ag- I would agree with that. But as you, you know, my thoughts on that. You know. Yeah, yeah I know that I haven't seen it. and I haven't really played Skyrim. <laughs> well, it's not. It's not. It's not trying to dismiss your thought. It's more like kind that is. is not that. No, that is not what is special about Skyrim to me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I to get me, that, this I get that. what's special about Skyrim is how the Thieves Guild storyline plays out. Like in the twists and turns, it kind of blew me away when I first played that, mm. and how they iter on iterate on the awesome. Um, Dark Brotherhood with just some really awesome scenes and moments and dialogue and characters. You know, that's the stuff that is special. And the, it's difficult to, obviously, with, when we talk DLC, it's difficult to say, okay, do we factor in DLC to our thoughts or whatnot? But the Dragonborn DLC, when you go into um, the crazy, like, Lovecrafting area of that and, you know, you that just appeals to me so much that it's just ah oh, like I can't when I think back to that I kind of like I want to I, I want to play through it again you know like and it's a kind of it takes a lot for me to replay games these days but well, on but the I mean, flip side yeah is that's the beat that's one of my favorite things about Dark Souls yeah <laughs> well that's what I was just about to say you've replayed really that so many times <laughs> <laughs> it's tough it's yeah it's Man, so, like so, these to choose out of these two, it's like to me, there's no loser here. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. It's like they're both to me. It's like they're equal one, number one. They are <laughs> to me too because they're different. They're both RPGs, but they're so different in how they they are as a game. Even though they're both role playing games, and. To me, something like Skyrim is it's actually it's nothing to do with questing. It's to me, it's almost not even the combat. It's not it's the fact that it was one of the probably the game that I can think of that was a real role playing game. I felt like that was me, that was the character. I could do whatever I wanted in that world, didn't even have to care about the questing or anything like that. It was about how I wanted to experience that world. And go anywhere I want, do whatever I want. Yes, of course, I went and completed all the different quest lines and whatnot. But I remember, for example, when I played the the Mage Guild one, and at the end of it, I felt like this super powerful mage. I role-played this idea that I went to the mountains after that and just spent time in a hut away from the rest of the world. And I know it's kind of nerdy to to be doing that in a game, but whatever. It actually felt like a really cool experience where I lived in that world and I didn't want to be part of the politics and part of the war. And I just, I felt like I was was so stupendously powerful that no one would stand in my way that I didn't even want to partake in that world anymore. I just wanted to live my life in a quiet little secluded spot in the game that I discovered. And I know it sounds really weird and stupid, but that's the that's the kind of experience that very very few games offer, mm. where you're really immersed in that world. Um, now, in saying all of that, man, can I put that in front of of Dark Souls? I don't know because Dark Souls was such a mind screwing experience. You know, being stuck in Blight Town at 
five, six frames per second at the time when I first originally played the game. <laughs> Not only did it add to the dread and the experience, I literally, I feel it, 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 it's like it, it entered your soul or something, that game. Like it really affected you at a deep psychological level. Um, and again, totally different experience in a completely different way, but it's such a unique game. And as we talked about earlier, what, you know, you could classify as a cult classic that it is, like you said, a Blade Runner kind of game where it's, it just, it's excellent. It's the Mm. way it should be, even with its flaws. I don't care. It's just, it's just such a perfect everything. Um, so I'm, I'm really struggling trying to pick between the these two to be honest i i can't logically the only thing i would say is if if skyrim for you isn't in the top two but dark souls is in the top two and dark souls is also in the top two for swinney and the top two for me then i'd probably say dark souls is the one i would go for if i really had to pick i mean number one if I if I play it back and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, so for you, Dark Souls, Skyrim, it's like fifty fifty. It's because yeah. it's all about these two games now. It doesn't matter about any of the other games anymore. To me, right? it's always been about these two. So it's yeah. like these two for you. It's like fifty fifty. Swinney, you sound more like fifty five forty five. Sounds yeah, that's about right. Right to Skyrim's favor. To me, it's like I, I'd like I, I'd say sixty forty, but that's probably not even true, right? Like. To me, clearly Dark Souls is a better game on so many different levels to Skyrim for me personally, right? So I don't know. It feels like Dark Souls kind of has to be the winner, right? Uh, I'm just going to have to go. Well, see, I'm, I'm literally the one that's on the fence that's in the balance, right? Because if it was just well, you two, it'd be one or the other, right? It'd be like you'd be complete. No, it's this one. No, it's this one. Whereas I'm literally on the fence and... I'm going to just have to swing to Dark Souls on this one, I think, personally. That's not to say that's the result now, but that's what I would lean. That 50 point, sorry, the, yeah, the 50.001% versus the 49 point, whatever the maths is, 999. (laughs) You know, you put me in a very difficult position where I'm having to root against (laughs) Dark Souls. (laughs) It's actually it's a shit game. I'll explain why it's shit. Hard, okay. It's very hard for me to root against Dark Souls. I know, um, I know. It's hard for me to root against Skyrim because there's so many amazing experiences in that game. All right, can I can I just say something quickly, Swinney? What are you looking more forward to? Like Elder Scrolls Six or Elden Ring? Well, it's the problem with, the problem with that is that. Like I know more about Elden Ring than Souls Six, so. But just gut feel. What are you more? What are you kind of fanging for? Probably Elden Ring. But I'm also worried about Elden Ring as well, because it's an we it's an untested game design for From Software. See, I'm I'm again fifty fifty. I don't know, man. It's I, I, I can't even think of a good analogy. It, it's, you know, I, I don't know. What do I like more, cats or dogs? But you know what I I'm love looking them both. To... I can't tell you. I don't know. They're both amazing in their own right. They're different, but in their own way, I love them both to bits. So I don't but, know. But you know what I'm looking forward to more? What? Horror of the Orient. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> well, if only that came out in 2011, we'd have a winner uh, by now and we could go to look, sleep. You know, one look, thing I is, think, it, it's, I think, it's surprising to me because I feel like, you know, I don't have a, you know, I'm new to all these games, right? So I have a different perspective. Well, apart from like 3D Land, I'd played that before, but, you know, I have a different perspective to you guys. But I have to say, I feel like as a, you know, outside observer, you know, because I hadn't played Dark Souls. I played Skyrim first as well. I felt like the energy when you guys talk about Dark Souls hmm. as an outside person, you just, like, it's more visceral. It's like... No, that is to be fair. We never, we never said, hey, more... man, you got to play Skyrim. Hey, man, you got to play Skyrim. That, that's a good point. I never you know, recall saying that. It just feels like the energy, right. the excitement, the, man, you got to play. This game is, like, you know, amazing. Like, all, all this kind of stuff. And for good me, it's point. like... Sure, there are Souls games, but, you know, even, Swinney, you, you think that Dark Souls out of the, you know, trilogy is the best one. Whereas Skyrim, I mean, like, there are a lot of games kind of like that, to be honest. Like you were even saying, like Fallout 4 and all these other kind of games. So, But there's also the Surge games. It's also, you know, games that I love that are Souls-likes as well. But look, I'm, it's a fair point what you're saying. I think for that is I always feel like I have to try harder to convince people to play Dark Souls than Skyrim. Skyrim to me feels like more of a surefire bet that someone's willing to try it than a game that's notoriously difficult that they think they'll hate, you know? Mm-hmm. So I always feel like I have to go to bat more for Dark Souls. But look, I think what you said before, Indigot, when you started looking, breaking down how much we're rooting for each game, I think that is a fair way to look at it is that we kind of Mike and I almost balance each other out in a way, or it's like slightly, you Mm. know, in favor of Skyrim and then you balance it the other way. So I think when we look at that, um, you know, there's only three of us, so it's easy to kind of take that stuff into consideration versus panels where they're dealing with like eight people. You know, I think that it makes sense that we put, Dark Souls number one. Hmm. Well, and you know, like I was always taught with work never to sell after the close. So I should just move it and then like go, all right, bye bye. <laughs> but I'll say one extra thing that I, none of us would be upset if Dark Souls was number one. No. But I would be upset if Skyrim was number one. So that so is almost, that has to be something there. So I'm always thinking we should put Skyrim as number one just to piss you off. <laughs> after right, a Mike, whole year, it. after let's a whole it. year of waiting for this, let's outvote him. Just so pit, let's outvote him. And, and, and then, like another another behind the scenes thing is that I'm controlling this. So we all decided Skyrim, and then I have to drag Skyrim to the number one spot in the final act We're of a one year long humiliation. Can you just can you drag it there temporarily, just to, please? Sure. Just so I can like. see what it looks like. So you oh, yeah, can that screenshot looks, this. Oh, that looks pretty good. We, can, like we yeah. could be the 230th yeah. game of some other year <laughs> <just> for this <laughs> screenshot. <laughs> no, I think I think rightfully Dark Souls deserves the number one spot. Can I can I just do something really quickly? He's gonna get no. You can't. He's gonna move. get cover art from Portal too. Yeah, I was thinking that too. No, I'm gonna do this, <laughs> and then this will be the thumbnail for the video. <laughs> No, don't do that because you you will have people not click on it. <laughs> no, you get like, you get everyone clicking on it. They'll be like bullshit. La Noir, what? La Noir, number one. These fuckers. 
They probably won't even listen to the segment. <laughs> now I've got to remember what the order is. It's my order. Oh, right? this is his tactic. Yeah, good, Ella good, good was job. Six. Ella Noir was six. Come on. <laughs> then it was Mario. Mario. 3D Land was five. I know, I know. I'm just yeah. sorting yes. it out. Yes, okay. This doesn't actually have very good aligning technology, so it's like very manual. All right, I'm just like lining it up here, boys. So are we are we set on this list? Are we all kind of content with this list? I, I am. Yeah. You know, no, I'm not saying happy because obviously we all kind of, no. you know, yeah, <laughs> we all equally views, I think. No, no I, I personally, I'm actually really happy with the list. To be honest, yeah. Am I the only really happy one with this list? No, I, this think, is I think pretty it's pretty much f- what I wanted. I think and- the most you can hope for is is it a fair reflection of the three of us as some kind of amorphous being? And I'd say yes. So I am like the love child of us three then. Because I would never put Skyrim (laughs) 2, but like, you know, it is 2, so. Yeah. Okay, that's it then, is it? Is that locked in? Yeah, it's locked in. I do the final thing. (laughs) Did you notice? I don't know if you noticed. Yes, yes, the nominees have disappeared. (laughs) So now is the time when I say Dark Souls is my number one. Wait, are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) What? Is he actually serious? Take from that what you will. Are you actually trolling now to troll on the troll that I was trolling on, or you're? <laughs> he just wants to show how easily Mike can be convinced of something. No, but I wasn't I was saying it's Dark Souls I, yesterday, no, and now he's no, like no, 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 no. It. But hang on, yesterday, that is yesterday, the, that is the one year experiment we've done. No, my message yesterday was pretty clear. The reason I I said that is because I was having doubts about that. I'm like, man, I'm seriously thinking Skyrim's probably number one when I really think about it. I was dead set on Dark Souls, but then I'm like, ah, oh, Skyrim is such a brilliant game. But I'm glad we've come to this conclusion. I think it's well deserved. It's the cream of the crop. All right. I guess you'll never know if I was saying the truth or not. <laughs> no, it's definitely Skyrim number one. He's an RPG insane person. Yeah, but no, see, but he doesn't replay RPG a million. Uh, he doesn't replay Skyrim a million times. And can, he's replayed Dark Souls like 50 times now. Can we also say that, look at him. He's an Xbox man. And now Microsoft has bought Bethesda. I mean, like, just saying, mm. just saying. What a shill. And what we all a know, shill. you know, we're living in post E3 now and we know that Sony has bought, you know, from software. So this is why he's so <laughs> anti-Dark Souls. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Um, well, is that it? Well, is that that's, winner? Yeah, that's, that's what, it. 10 months or whatever it almost been? anticlimactic. We got there. No, we got there. Like, just think about how much, like, internal struggle there was in our heads about how this was going to go and we got there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, through, only took two hours. We, we didn't hours. we didn't have any big arguments, so I'm a little disappointed. No. I'm sorry, audience. I think we're just too reasonable. <laughs> uh, it's right. also it's also past midnight when we're recording, so I think we're all like, "Well, yeah, let's not drag this." Playing with me, wanting wanting attention. All right, uh, I guess we will wrap it up. Um, we should maybe we should just maybe. Sorry, I don't know if you're going to mention what we're going to do next weekend or some other year. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's what I was like just in the final bit. So uh, when we release this episode, um, the next Sunday we'll talk about uh, what the next game of some other year will be. So we are picking from the 90s. So I, it's going to be much uh, easier for me to, you know, yell at you guys 
because I would have played a lot of these games, hopefully. <laughs> and we're also going to change the format of Game of Some Other Year. So s- stick with the same idea in principle, but I think what we'll do is over the Christmas break, we will release the six recaps and then do the determination. And we're going to pick the six games earlier. So I think we'll pick the six games within the next month. So hmm. like we'll, we'll sort of know those games a lot earlier. I mean, that's going to be tougher because we won't necessarily have played them all. So is there anything okay. else you wanted to add there, Swinney? Like, no, just uh, that it's been, it's been a great experience and uh, I hope that anyone that, you know, has followed us on the whole, whole journey, uh, hopefully it's been uh, fun for them as well. It's been a long journey, so. Yeah, and, and like I actually really hope... I think uh, your cat's saying Skyrim. <laughs> I think that's exactly what he's saying. <laughs> Should have been Skyrim. Wow, wow. I played as a cat character in that game. Um, yeah, like, uh, you know, if people, 100% people will disagree with it. So instead of just disagreeing with this, we'd like to see what are your top six and what order would you put them in? All right. Well, with that, I guess we should say goodbye. It's goodbye. Good night. Die. Ha, ha, ha.